This week on Up in the Blue Seats, we talk about when hockey season might resume. We also talk about women's hockey and interview U.S. Olympic gold medalist and ambassador for the Rangers Girls Youth Hockey Program, Amanda Kessel. All that and more next on Up in the Blue Seats for the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to center ice Welcome to Up in the Blue Seats Podcast, a New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure if you're using Apple, rate the show five stars and write a nice review, please. New episodes are released Wednesday afternoons. Ron and I chat this week with United States women's Olympic gold medalist, Amanda Kessel. Speaking of Ron, here he is, the star of the show, number 10, Ron Duguay. Hi, everyone. I still want to talk hockey this week, of course, uh, but I thought I'd go in a different direction. I wanted to uh, bring in a, a new friend of mine and also a new friend to the Ranger family, and that's Amanda Kessels. Amanda was brought in uh, last year to be working on um, women's youth hockey, uh, an ambassador. And so I got to know her. I actually got to play an exhibition game with her. She was on my line. And uh, so I thought it'd be fun to have her on today uh, to talk about what it's going to be like for her future with the Ranger organization and what what it's like, what she thinks it's going to be like for women's hockey moving forward. I'm going to talk to her about her uh, medals that she has won. And of course, you got to talk to her about her brothers, her two brothers, one of them being Phil, who's played in the NHL, who's playing for Phoenix right now, who's won two Stanley Cups. So a lot of things to cover today. And I'm looking forward to talking to a very sweet woman, Amanda Kessel. And you, you talk about her brother who is in the NHL right now. He has no idea when he's going to be back in the NHL because we don't know, Ron, when the league is returning. Now, the latest reports are kind of saying, there's seven to nine locations that they're pinpointing. Uh, obviously, there'll probably be less than that. There was talk that maybe they would have fans, but socially distanced, and it would have only been 2,000 fans in an arena, and I think that idea kind of got nixed. There's the talk of the 24-team or 16-team playoff, and then there's this whole thing of border control, and if Canada can't get you know their border in line and people can't cross the border into the U.S. to play, will that hold up things? So you know, go over those kind of issues that they're having and when we could get this thing worked out and get sports and hockey and baseball and everything back well from what i'm hearing i'm talking to one of the executives out of uh, one of the nhl teams and he's telling me that within the next five days because they're talking almost every day one way or another a lot of them are talking and they're just hammering out different ideas what would be good for the players what's good for the owners What's good with the fans? Uh, will it be for TV? Would it be for an audience? And I believe it's all going to start with thinking about next season. When can they start next season and when can they finish? They don't want to disrupt too much of next season. So if they believe they can start next season by November, possibly December, and still get a season in, finish a little bit later, that will allow them to finish this season off a little bit later. Because I believe what they would like, ideally, is start as late as possible, possibly possibly start without an audience made for TV, but by the time they get to the final round, they would love to be in a position to have an audience to be able to watch the final round. So I think that that's what they're trying to figure out. Of course, they've uh, they've located seven to nine, ten locations that they think would be idea to have all these teams in. And when you think about teams, uh, I think most owners and most players favor the idea of having 24 teams start up into a playoff, which is good for the Rangers, good for the Islanders, good for Chicago, because they 
they'll all be included. And so I think from what I'm hearing, everything's positive. Everyone wants to play. It's just a timeline where to play with audience or not with audience. But at the end of the day, I think by August, we're going to see hockey again. I think the people who have naysay against this 24-team playoff run are people who say, you know what, what if the Bruins in like the best of three get knocked out by a fringe playoff team, maybe someone like the Rangers or, you know, someone like the Panthers. They get knocked off by this team because it's a short series. They're coming off, you know, they're lagging. They had months away from the game. And it's like that team shouldn't even been there. And they just ended a team who had a remarkable regular season in a shortened series. So I think they have to work 24-game system better where maybe it's playing games. Maybe it's best two out of three between the fringe teams and they knock each other out and then get to face the big boys. So I think that's something that the good teams are like, hey, we're going to get screwed over if we end up losing two games and that determines our whole season where in a normal case it's a best of seven and they have to lose four games well uh, let me try to give you the short answer to this uh i, I think that the shortest series will be uh, three three out of five it'll be best out of five all right not two out of three it'll be three out of five that way yes the better team gets to win but the bottom line is this it's an even playing field for everyone goaltending coaching players no one's going to have an advantage, really. So you have to prepare for a shorty series. Whatever team prepares the best plays the hardest. And of course, a lot of it has to do with, not a lot of it, but some of it has to do with luck, puck luck, good bounces, bad bounces. And I think that's what's going to make it so exciting. And when you go into it as a player, as a coach, you got to forget about what's what you think might be fair or not fair. You just got to go in there and prepare for that game one, first shift, period to period, and you do the best that you can, and it is what it is. You start thinking about where, what about this, what about that, that starts to creep into your head and your mindset, and that would potentially hurt you, that itself. But the fact that some of these teams that make it, like the Rangers, they're only two points out. So really, they technically deserve to possibly be in there. They're as good as any other team. Or you have another team that was just four points out. Well, what's the difference between a team that's in the wild card spot and a team that's just two points out? There's not much different. There's really no advantage or disadvantage. To me, it's the team that's going to be best prepared and the mindset are ready to play short series. And uh, you just eliminate mistakes. That's what it comes down to. It's going to be intriguing to see the kind of product that we do get if there is a return because these guys some of these guys are gonna be rusty um we got to see how much preparation time they get in there for sports like baseball there's so many things they're working to eliminate baseball is different because they didn't start the season so they're having trouble figuring out financially how to pay, pay the players and for it to be fair for the players where hockey it's already you know majority of the season was done and these guys got paid already so it's going to be intriguing ron and it's also intriguing as we talk with amanda kessler today the women's hockey angle and the NWHL and you look into some of the salaries where the max person, someone like her, was making around $25,000, They weren't making a lot of money. The league doesn't get a lot of attention. And I know you think that this is an issue and that the NHL should be showing more support to these leagues and maybe putting some more money into it. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why they haven't done it by now. I, I believe that the issue was before there was two separate leagues, Women's Professional Hockey League, two separate leagues that weren't necessarily getting along. And what the NHL wanted is for these two leagues to merge and make it one league and have no confusion because the NHL didn't want to show favor to one league or the other. And so now I think it's down to one league. Uh, but for the NHL, I, I just don't see how difficult this would be when they start tapping into the sponsors that they have already.
already to use some of that money to promote the league. And the way I would do it, I would make it an original six-team league, the NHL, have a women's league, which when you look at Toronto, Montreal, Chicago, Boston, New York, Detroit, you make a women's league out of those cities. And if you're behind it and you're pushing it, you're promoting and supporting it, often you can have a women's hockey game the same day, same afternoon as the men's team. So there's a lot of things they can do to support it, get the sponsorship dollars uh, behind it, and then you get the TV rights, and that's where the money comes in, TV rights, sponsors, and that's where the ladies can make a lot more money. So if the, if the NHL really wants to do something here, I know they can. Because if anything, the bottom line, it's going to want, it's going to help hockey. Generally, it's going to help hockey all over the world. So why they haven't done it by now, I don't understand. I think it's going to happen, hopefully sooner than later. Speaking of women's hockey, let's chat with one of the stars of women's Olympic hockey team gold medalist Amanda Kessel next on Up in the Blue Seats. My next guest is a woman professional star hockey player who has represented the United States in the World Championship Tournaments and the Olympic Games with a silver and gold medal. She is now working as an ambassador for the New York Rangers to help grow the women's and girls game with the Rangers Junior Girls Hockey Program. Welcome in, Amanda Kessel. Amanda, hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, if anyone's following you on social media, Instagram, we can see that you're having a whole lot of fun spending time with your family down in Florida. What's that been like for you? Yeah, I definitely um, feel lucky. I have a great setup going here. We're down in Florida on the Gulf side on an island called Boca Grande. I'm living with my two brothers and sister-in-law, so we... We've been working on our cans quite a bit and fishing and golfing. Sometimes I feel a little guilty posting on social media about it. Well, I think that I'm doing the same thing. It's okay to be happy. And I think for most of us, we're all trying to find a happy place. But part of what you're doing is uh, you're training, you're exercising. And I like the fact that you've teamed up with 5K for Frontliners. Tell us about what that means to you. Yeah, to be honest, I think I've worked out more than I ever have during this time period. I don't know exactly why. I think I'm not worried about getting injured, so I'm just trying to get in the best shape possible. Um, but a few of my former USA teammates teamed up with two of them, and we started a 5K for the Frontline. Um, we wanted to help out some way because this is obviously affecting everybody, but some people have it much worse than us, and so we wanted to do something to help. So my friend came up with the idea of doing a virtual 5K, and you can run, walk, bike, whatever you want to do, um, and then all the proceeds are going to um, World Hunger Kitchen, and they they'll be you know giving providing meals to the frontliners. So, also helping small businesses and restaurants try and stay afloat during this, this difficult time. And you can visit 5kforthefrontlines.com to donate and get involved there. You've also been playing with your puppy. He has his own Instagram account. Like, do you refer to yourself as, as a dog mom? Do you refer to yourself as a mom? I know a lot of people take that very seriously. And when you have one that, that is that adorable and you can follow at Reese Doodle Pup, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, she's uh, five months. I got a, a puppy uh, right before all this started happening, but I don't know what I would do if I didn't have her. Like, at least she keeps me she keeps me entertained and never sitting around with her. But she's been awesome. 
And then my brother has two dogs down here as well, and they're sisters of her. So they all came from the same breeder, but at different times. So I think that she, uh, if she ever has to leave here, she's going to be pretty deprived. I'm in New York without a dog, and I might need to invest in one at some point and make its own account because uh, that's the thing to do these days. We have a lot of questions from Twitter for you, Amanda. First one's from at Eric David Levy, um, and he wants to know who your best friend on the women's national team is. Wow, that's a that's a tough question there. Throwing um, throwing people under the bus. Maybe a top three, if if that makes you feel better. Well, my roommate, I'll go with this last Olympic year was Hannah Brandt. I went to school with her at Minnesota, and then a roommate that I've been having most consistently over the past few years is Megan Keller out of Boston College. Um, she's a lot of fun. She's usually she's one of the she's a life of the party kind of person. You always want to be around her. I have a lot of fun hanging out with her. So Amanda, with uh, when I when I think about your brothers, you're with your brothers now, Phil and Blake. Is it been part of your training regimen to be training with them in the summertime, or is this something different for you? Growing up, it was part of our regimen because all of us went away for high school. So when we'd come back in the summers, we didn't have a ton of friends around the area, so we would hang out with each other, and that was really our best friends. And then we worked out every day together. So it's kind of funny to be be back in the gym with them but we all now do our own separate program so i want to go back to um you win the silver and you get hurt you get a concussion why don't you share with the folks listening because they don't know what it's like to be an athlete who wants to compete but can't compete because they're having to deal with a concussion syndrome so what was it like for you those two years it was devastating i think that that's kind of um, directed me in life I was out for about two years out of hockey and for the first year I spent most of my time on the couch I couldn't even go outside for a 10 minute walk or I couldn't go I didn't go out to restaurants like I hardly could talk to people I had the worst pounding headaches I was always just felt out of it and what I started to realize throughout that was I had a pretty like negative mindset and felt sorry for myself for a lot of the first year and then like I was seeing psychologists and trying to do things to get myself out of it, but I just couldn't. And then I saw a, a doctor, Mickey Collins, out of UPMC. And the first time I saw him, this is like now almost a year and a half since I had been out. He was like, you're going to be fine and you'll be able to play again if you want. And I remember being angry with him. I didn't understand how that was possible when I couldn't even do anything. And he just he got me back going. Like I started exercising again and almost pushing my symptoms. He was like, you know, go out to restaurants, go out to bars. And so no joke, I the first time that I, I went out, I hadn't had a sip of alcohol in a year and a half. And I went out probably too much. I was at like a, a little concert and I had two drinks. I remember like coming home and I was throwing up the entire night from that. I just hadn't been exposed to that in years, but it was really what started to like push me over the hump to get better. And my mindset, I started like thinking, I'm going to get better. Like I will be fine. And it's funny now how I really try and shift my mindset in life so much more now than I ever would have if I hadn't gone through that. When you take home the gold medal, Amanda, was that something as a kid you dreamt of? Like kind of take us through that moment when you're holding up that gold medal. Yeah. For, you know, a women's hockey player, the Olympics is our family cup. It's everything. You, you grow up if you're a 
you know, high level player, you're wanting to make the Olympics and win a gold medal. That's basically the only thing that's on your mind. And so 2014, going to the Olympics, that was amazing to finally get there, but not winning. It was just like, you know, you feel like you failed, even though you have a silver medal. So to win in 2018, that was, you know, a dream come true. Another question from Twitter from Eric David Levy. I hate to throw your brother under the bus here, but if the answer is you, who is the faster skater, you or Phil? I have to go with him. I mean, if you're racing, I don't know, comparatively, you know, in our compared women to men, but definitely, definitely him straight up. Amanda, I want to get to the meat of women's hockey. And because we talk concussion and you getting a concussion, uh, there's always a conversation about women's hockey uh, with no hitting. If it was up to you with what you've been through, do you think that adding hitting would make women's hockey better or worse? Or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. I go back and forth on this all the time. Um, if you watch the games now, it's like, it's very physical. I mean, it's pretty much hitting, um, just not maybe those open ice hits. I think what I do like about it is that it's, I think you have to showcase your, your skill more than in your, your plays. It's not about these big hits. Do I think that we could handle it? A hundred percent, but I'm not sure that it would make our game any better because um, now it's, it's already physical. Yeah, I agree with you because I watched the game and although there's no big hits, you guys are, you're colliding. You're running into each other. And there are certain players that take it a little bit further, just like you see in hockey and men's hockey. Uh, you, you have guys who try to take advantage of the smaller players or you have guys who try to take advantage of the better players. And so I think that's why they allow fighting in professional hockey. Uh, I have to ask you this. Do you think fighting would be acceptable in women's hockey with possible some bullying happening? I mean, it happens now. So I don't see them ever doing that, but I don't. I also don't see why not. I can't quite see the helmets coming off and, you know, people throwing down their gloves. But there's definitely been some intense fights over the years between us and Canada. What's your experience, Amanda, been like in the NWHL? So I no longer play in the NWHL. I'm part of the PWHPA. Um, we started an association with, you know, the goal to really have a, a league that I think what we're worthy of for professional women's hockey players because right now the state of women's professional hockey isn't where it needs to be and I think we you know we're done accepting kind of the, the crumbs and only a few people on every team could practice every day everybody else had full-time jobs you know you're playing only like 15 to 20 games a year you don't have like set locker rooms practices are at 10 at night it's just um it wasn't enough but right now we're willing to sacrifice sacrifice everything in order to try and have a viable league in the long run so amanda i was very pleased because i've been talking about this for the past year i i i've not been able to understand why the nhl has not backed women's hockey because if you are a hockey person who likes hockey and have watched you guys play especially in the olympics it's been really exciting. I can speak to a lot of alumni, so I could never understand why the NHL wouldn't back it because it would be them promoting their game and promoting women. And so finally this year, you guys got to play at the All-Star Weekend. You got to play. And for me, when I watched the All-Star Weekend, you were the most exciting part of it. So for you, what was it like for you to be invited there and to be part of that? Yeah, that was awesome. I thought that was a great step. Um, to be a part of that for sure it's something that you know we're all very grateful for that opportunity and we're hoping that it continues the 
scary part is obviously now I feel that you know women's sports and women's hockey might be on the back burner because you have these huge leagues losing millions of dollars and to try and start something new at the moment is going to be very difficult for us but we were just starting to I think push the envelope and continuing to grow so it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens over these next few years but if you like you said if you watch us it's, I mean the entertainment levels there what what hurts us is that people aren't aware of it like we used to play at the devil's practice arena well you know 75 percent of their fans didn't even know that a woman's team was playing was playing right next to them yeah well Amanda, there's a lot of us that are going to continue supporting you and I'm going to try to get as many alumni to speak out I know I, I speak, I talked to Linda Cohen, ESPN, and she's behind you guys. And so we're going to push everyone for you guys to get the NHL to want to take you guys to the next level. It wouldn't be that hard for them to do. I can see in the original six team women's league, possibly uh, based off the original six teams in the NHL, like Toronto, Montreal, et cetera. And uh, it wouldn't be that hard to do. And it, it would be a lot of fun. So we're going to continue to help and push it. You, you're part of one of these original six teams, which is the New York Rangers. You're an ambassador for them in, uh, in helping uh, youth hockey, women's hockey. So tell us, what's that like for you? Yeah, that was, it's really cool to be a part of a New York Rangers association. Like you grow up and that's like one of the franchises that it's huge. And I just really am grateful for the opportunity to work for them. And you know, right away, you can tell that they're a first-class organization. Nothing is done poorly or cheaply. And I think that they've really taken an investment in women's hockey now. And I think they'll continue to try and grow it as as will I. Amanda Kessel joining us here on Up in the Blue Seats. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Amanda Kessel 28. Visit 5K for the frontlines.com. Donate and, you know, start running. I need to start running. I've been walking a lot, but my fat ass has been eating so many cookies during this <laughs> pandemic that uh, I need to hit the track soon and start running as well. You talked about, you know, your the dynamic with your brother when you were a kid. Like, what was the competition like between you two? Did did he push you? Did you push him? Uh, kind of take us back to your childhood and, and playing, you know, with your brother. Oh, yeah. I was crazy in our household. Um, many times get banned from playing games with each other because there's too many fights. And my dad always says, no matter what the game was, it was like, it was usually me and Phil versus my dad and my other brother, Blake. And my dad says, like, me and Phil were, could not settle for a tie. Like, we either had to win or lose. And we'd be mad one way or the other. But my other brother, Blake, he would just lose it. He was fine, like, tying. <laughs> he thought that that was great. But we just constantly battled, no matter what it was cars or who we scrabble golf i know there was countless times of chasing each other around the house trying to beat the other one up after a loss what is it like now do you text him after games like you suck today or like great game like do, do you uh kind of egg him on uh, now a little bit with the coyotes i think what's great now is actually we're very like supportive if anything you know sometimes you just need those people when you know that you're playing like somebody just to have some positive insight because at this level I feel like you're, you're so hard on yourself that sometimes you just need a little encouragement from somebody so we've done a pretty good job of supporting each other over the years and I know that we'll both go to each other when things get hard. Do you plan on making the Olympic and playing for the Olympic team for Beijing in 2022? I hope so. Um, that's my goal. You know it's hard to say we constantly have tryouts a couple times a year for different teams but after winning in 2018, all I want to do is 
get back to another Olympics and win another gold medal. And man, I got to bring in your parents and all this. What was it like for them uh, after being around two Stanley Cups and a gold medal in the family? What was it? What was that time period like, especially for your parents? Because we all know the sacrifices that uh, our parents make for us. Yeah, I think my parents are obviously super proud of us. They've been, they've pushed us our entire lives. And we talk about it now, like none of us wanted to see our parents after our games when we were little. It was always, we were never good enough, no matter what we did. Um, even now, it's like, they're still hard on us. Like, you know, Phil could win family cups and they still think that he's terrible or I could win that gold medal and they still think that about me as well. So it's, it's definitely put in that mindset that we're never good enough and you can never stop pushing yourself. So I know you're very young and when you're thinking about your future, your world has been hockey, although you've been a great athlete, your world's been hockey. What is the future for Amanda? When you look at moving forward, is coaching in, in your thoughts at all? Or what's, what's, what are you thinking about your future after hockey? No, I, I kind of figured out I don't necessarily want to coach. I'd love to be involved, you know, with an NHL organization like the Rangers and maybe expand my role and get into some different areas and figure out what I like to do best, whether it's maybe scouting. I'm not really sure, but something where I'm staying in sports and it's just easy when you have that passion to not consider it work. Then. Well, it could be fashion as well. You know, you have gong show, gong show gear. You have the AK-28 uh, fashion line here. I see there's, you know, there's hats, there's uh, leggings, joggers, uh, sweaters. There's all sorts of gear. So maybe fashion uh, could be part of your future as well. Yeah, that's been really fun for me. I've always loved um, clothes and be able to be a part of like the design process and see how their business works. That's been a really great experience for me. And I, and I try to do that while I'm still playing here because for me, it's, we're not making millions or anything. So I know that I'm going to have to find that next career in a couple of years. And I got to ask you, I forgot to ask Ron, you played with him in an exhibition game. What was it like <laughs> playing with Ron? Was he washed up? Did he score? What, what was he looking like out there? We were line mates. No, I uh, I was dragging that day, but it was really fun. You can tell just how good these guys are. He still has like the skill and vision. He was like he's fit, like he was fine skating around out there. But I was dying. But that was a really cool, cool moment for me. Yeah, I think Amanda, both of us were a little banged up from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the game, the game, the the game was meant to be fun. But what I really what what I got to see out of you was your speed, your acceleration. Because when I look back at 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I was around uh, professional women skaters, uh, they weren't as quick. And but with your speed, I was like, wow, she just flew by me. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it was so it was fun to play with you. It's fun to talk with you. Uh, I'm glad you're part of the Ranger organization as I am. I'm going to see you sometime in the future. Until then, keep training, be happy. And we're going to keep promoting you and women's hockey to the NHL. So thanks for being on the show today, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you very much. I hope uh, hopefully we'll have another opportunity to be line mates. We'll, we'll produce this time. for episode 25 of Up in the Blue Seats. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for producing the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen. If using Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars and write a nice review, please. 
And make sure to follow me on Twitter at RonDugate10. Thanks for joining us, folks. Stay safe. Chat with you all next week.